Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. Thanks again for stopping by to listen to another episode of the Gonzo Chronicles. This is Cyrus Alderwood, and guess who I'm with today? Elizabeth Cooper. Yeah. Hey, thanks for coming back, Elizabeth. Um, before we jump into the show, uh, anything new uh, planned for the uh, Caffeinated Cooper show? Um, yeah, actually, we're going to put together a whole slew of shows at the end of December 2021 to close out season five. And that's going to be a lot of fun because it's all reunion shows. So we're going to talk to some of the people that maybe were on season one or season two and get totally caught up as to what they're doing and what's coming in the future for them. Well, that's kind of cool. That's kind of like that uh, VH1 show. Remember, you remember VH1, that channel? Wow, I'm updating. Um, you know, where are they now? Right, exactly. And that is very much what the shows are going to be. So there will be 10 of them on December 29th and December 30th, all day long, different times of the day. So follow the show on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram, we do do a good bit on Instagram, but it's mainly going to be either Twitter or Facebook for schedules as well as YouTube or Facebook to watch it live. And then you can also watch it on the binge networks on hero go on all your streaming services so if you have a smart tv just search the show so we're going to talk a little bit about the 80s today too speaking of throwbacks and um and speaking of where are they now um i'll not give her name away but actually one of the original members of the band vixen from the mm-hmm. 80s is on my friends list i've talked to her many times and um she's writing a book so uh, she and i had the uh, zoom conversations to Talk about the process and you know what you know whether it's best to go with a publisher or not a publisher and self-publish that sort of thing. So I'll not give her I'll not mention her name because I don't know if she would want me to. But anyway, um, she's writing a book and she's a very fascinating person. So any 80s fans out there that like that band Vixen, yeah, just stay tuned. Some some things may be coming in the new year. That's so awesome. That's, that's gonna be a rocking show. You know, that's yeah, she's she's a great person. Um she has a lot of stories to tell from the road. She actually dropped dropped out of the band and then I guess got married and went on with life. And then they recruited another member to replace her. And then they blew up in the eighties, like right after they replaced her, um, which is um, kind of, kind of crazy. Cause there's another person on my uh, Facebook friends list, real nice guy, drummer, he's a musician, lives down in Florida. He's an artist now, um, but he still plays drums. He was one of the original drummers for the Scorpions. 
No. He was over in Europe, couldn't speak a lick of German. And these German guys found out this guy played drums. They needed a drummer real quick. They had some gigs. He goes in and plays with them for a couple of years, still can barely communicate. And then ends up leaving and come to America. And then the Scorpions blew up huge in the 70s and 80s. So Huge. I love the Scorpions. Um, but uh, yeah, he's, I'll not mention his name either, but he's got a lot of great art. So if, if I ever have permission to mention their names, I'll, I'll do that. Um, but he has a lot of great art and photography out there. He sells um, fascinating dude. There's, there's so many people out there that maybe pals with on Facebook and Twitter, and you just have no clue the, the, the crazy walks they went in life. So, Hey, you do have a news segment on your show and you do like the wacky news. Tell us about that. We, yeah, yeah, we do. So I, I uh, started up the Weird and Wacky News several years ago when the show started, and I thought, oh my gosh, this would be so much fun because there's so many crazy stories out there that aren't in the mainstream of the news cycle every day that we just don't hear about. So it's small town stuff, but like Florida man news and <laughs> stupid criminals. I mean, stupid criminals went on for shows after shows after shows. The best one that I had ever reported on, and these are all actual real stories, so that's just even more hilarious to me because I find stupidity to be the best and easiest thing for comedic people like myself to make fun of. You know, everybody's going to make fun of stupidity, right? So this one column was about three guys in the middle of the night, they break into like a delicatessen and they steal the cash register, the whole register. So they pick up the cash register. Well, they get hungry on the way out. So now they're grabbing stuff out of wherever they can find out. I'm assuming it's probably not hot, but they grab this big container of potato salad, you know, with the noodles and everything. Yeah. And they're eating the potato salad as they're walking through the woods. So it's like Hansel and Gretel. They're leaving pieces of potato salad all the way to where they went with the cash register. And of course they caught them. They followed the trail. And I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> so right. those, are, those are, you know, the types of uh, weird and wacky news, but we've actually sort of, the weird and wacky news is, has gotten a more mature facelift. So we have a couple of different partners with the show and we talk to them. Um, we have a financial report that happens. So we do that every Saturday. This December, however, December is always really, really crazy for everybody. So we do take a break from the Saturday shows every December, but they will be starting up right out of the gates, uh, first thing January. And we've got a whole new financial report for you going into the new year. And then more news stories, some serious, some funny. Um, I've done a couple episodes recently where um, right around Thanksgiving, I believe, I did an episode of all the charitable events all over the country. And they are huge humanitarian efforts um, towards all walks of life. So, you know, I look for events and I'm, I'm very well networked across the entire country for those types of events. Because when I started as an actress, I thought, okay, networking. I've got to get out there and meet people. And the best way I found to meet people were charity events, to be honest with you. May they be socialites or just large figures in your community, but you're also going to find your executive producers and your directors and all those types of people there too. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, one thing about your show that I really like is you always, um, you're always so uplifting to a lot of people. You're, you try to bring light to people who normally may not get a spotlight. 
And you talk about a lot of good things like those charitable events. And one of my biggest beefs with like news media is right out of the gate every night, it's a crisis every night. If it bleeds, it leads. And there is so much more good news out there than there are than there is bad news. And people never hear it. And I'm glad that you have that, that bright spotlight and, and talk about some of those good news things because people just, they don't get it. Even on your very local news, your six o'clock evening news, it's local. <clears throat> I don't get, you know, it's, it's gloom and doom right out of the gate. And then maybe a couple local things and then a national piece and then the weather. And then, you know, people, we still, even to this day with all this technology and all this ability to communicate, don't even know what's going on that's good in our own backyard. And people run to places like Twitter and Facebook to find it. And uh, I agree with you. You know, to that point, I'm enjoying streaming because let me tell you a little story. When I first became a mother, my husband and I, we sat down and said, you know, we, we really want to have that stay-at-home wife environment. And that was more him than it was me because I was really afraid that my brains were going to turn to mush and just drool out of my ears if I stayed home with just a baby and just me in the four walls. But I did. And the one thing I noticed while I have this beautiful, perfect angel in my arms and, you know, you have to sit with an infant uh, for long durations of time, which was very different for me. So, you know, I turned on the TV, which was also very different for me. And I realized that I'm sitting there watching news all day long. And after a few months that go by of me in my home, of just my four walls, <laughs> so I got to talk to and get to know me, myself, and I really well. And that's probably why I talk to myself out loud so much. Um, and then I cared for this little baby, I became almost wanting to be reclusive because I was so afraid of my own surroundings until I stopped, you know, I was young and dumb. So it takes a minute to stop and realize they're reporting, like you said, all the ambulance chasing, if, if it bleeds, it leads type stories from like a hundred mile radius around the city of Atlanta, which if you know Atlanta, our suburbs sprawl forever because yeah. we have no <laughs> natural confines. Confines. So, um, you know, I people ask me, where do you live? And I say Atlanta, but the truth is I live 45 minutes outside of the city and that's still intimate suburbs. So like I was saying, I love digital streaming because what I would love to see is smaller towns actually have news reporting for that smaller town, because I think you would spotlight a lot of the humanitarian things that are happening, a lot of your local community needs, um, just more real news would come from a smaller broadcast. You know, I think one of the solutions for that is, and I actually mentioned that to a a person here locally who's been very vocal in local politics and just local things with our town. Every small town should have its own individual podcast where they go around and talk to the small business owners, talk to teachers, talk to the principal, get a couple of students on there. How's, how's it going from homeschooling, you know, during the pandemic? How did that work? How did that not work? And let people hear the kind of what's happening in your town. You know, there's some live events, I wouldn't know. I don't hear about it till the day after most of the time. You don't know. So, hey, speaking of some wacky news, Elizabeth, I read this article on the last episode of the, of the podcast, but I had a couple of thoughts about it. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this, too. All right. Okay. This is all right. You remember? Do you remember 
all the uh, burning and rioting and looting going on in Portland about a year and a half ago. Yeah, year unfortunately, and... I can't forget about it. <clears throat> yeah, and I remember the uh, the news guy saying it's mostly peaceful and there's like fire in the background. Um, well, here's an article. Uh, some some things that are going on around there, right? From Portland, this is the Portland Underground Buzz, written by Felicity Jolene Brisbane, of all people. All right, and I printed this off, so I'm reading this right here. And I want to get your thoughts on this. The first annual celebration of the Man Bun Pride Festival took place this weekend in Portland with a stunning turnout. It included college-aged males from across the country and more than one celebrity showcasing their man buns and discussing its relevance in the culture. The parade included giant paper mache heads of various races and sexes displaying the man bun and an actual marching disco band. First of all, what the hell is a marching disco band? I didn't know they could pull it off, but this young generation, Elizabeth, blows my mind. Here's a quote. Uh I was surprised at first to see the giant paper mache head of a black woman with a man bun bouncing down the street, but I realized immediately my toxic white privilege. Anyone can identify as a man if they choose and be proud of their man bun, said Shannon Stewart, one of the uh, event organizers. Shannon, a student from New York majoring in women's studies, reminded the crowd from the stage that the man belonged, that the man bun belonged to anyone that wanted to identify with their movement urging other white males to step, step aside and give women and minorities all credit for the movement. In a fiery speech, another event organizer, Buzzy Fernandez, invited leaders from the LGBTQ community and movement on stage as a gesture of solidarity. We all demand our rights, Buzzy said to the roar of the golf claps and the lingering crowd that was still there, of dozens, according to this. Police were on hand to make sure that violent individuals are stopped before anyone could be heard. Notorious talk show host Huckster Marlston was on hand and asked for the podium to spout a violent speech. Huckster was beaten down soon after he started speaking. It's 2021, for God's sakes, as he quotes. It's okay to be proud of your man bun. He angrily shouted at the leering man bun brigade. It's okay to come out of the closet. No one is taking your rights. He, he viciously lied. He was pummeled and carried off the stage to the line of the onlookers. That man took some time from someone else to speak, another um, event uh, goer had to say. He violated our freedom of speech with his lies. He should be put down permanently, he said flamboyantly. Everyone deserves their rights. The festival came to an end with a surprise performance from the Weather Girls, closing out the event with their hit, It's Raining Men. Now the crowd quickly dispersed, leaving behind a mess to be cleaned up by the, by the city's toxic Department of Sanitation while event goers rush to their jobs uh, or their next shift at Red Lobster. Now, I thought that was quite interesting. Um, that so, the, the first that article, the first thing that got me was, hold on, Man Bun and the Pride Festival or Pride Parade going on at the same time. Well, actually, it was a Man Bun Pride Parade, so it wasn't even... The Pride Parade. It was just all for the man bun celebrating their pride in it was was the purpose. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's where it got confusing to me. I'm like, whoa, what? what? And I guess that's why the Buzzy Hug or the uh, what's the guy's name? Huckster Marlston, right? The the uh, I guess the rude uh, podcaster and radio show host asked for the podium. 
telling him it's okay to come out of the closet. I guess he was confused too. It's 2021. No one should be afraid to admit whether they're gay or not. So I guess he was identifying the man bun with someone being gay. Wow. Okay. Hmm. What do you think of the man bun as, as just a, you know, a, a, I don't know, just, just a thing, a, a style. An entity of its own. Um, I think, you know, I mean, it wasn't too long ago that the gym was full of a sea of man buns. Like all you could hear was and man buns, like seeing across the, the gym floor. So I guess in my world, I kind of equated it to like fit younger men, but they were stealing my high ballerina bun, which is what was in vogue in like 1995, six, seven. So that be cultural inappropriation or I it, it felt a little strange it felt a little off it's like okay right on for a guy showing off his full head of flowing hair like I get it that's a huge proud moment um not a fan though yeah I think uh you know I mean I, yeah it does kind of have that 80s feel to it I mean Seems like we're all reaching out for our little style and that, that clicked on. Remember how everybody used to have the Billy Idol cut, all the dudes back in the 80s? And, oh, yeah. Like, I was one of them. And then uh, the little ponytail, like what little hair you had in the back. Mm-hmm. If you didn't want a rat tail, because a rat tail, that was that was totally different. That was for guys from Trailer Park, right? Well, see, but, and I went to high school in North Carolina. So yeah. the rat tails, that was that was still a thing. The mullet and rat tails were still in. Uh, I hate to tell you, but the mullet never left my area it's it's still here i'm in i'm in the little corner of virginia in the southwestern side and right in the mountains and i will go to walmart elizabeth and i will see women with a with a mullet mm-hmm. I, w- I would take pictures and post every day but i'm sure someone would put my ass i really try not to go to walmart if i can help it at all costs because nothing good ever happens here not unless i have a copy of the necronomicon and a bottle of holy water <laughs> then maybe I'll go to Walmart. I it. avoid Walmart also. And, you know, every once in a while I'll pass one in a decent neighborhood, which is like finding the golden fleece. You know, you just go, huh, I'm so intrigued. Now I have to go in. And it's just, it's always weird. It's just something's always oh, and Black Friday. Right after Thanksgiving, a Black Friday at a Walmart is a lot like an Antifa riot. And I'm, I'm just not I'm like, no, no, thanks. Man. I don't want to get shot over. The only reason I go to Walmart is if I need Skyline Chili. That's the only place I can find it. That's that's me. That's that's me missing Cincinnati. But, you know, with the man bun thing, the only guy who actually I think ever pulled it off was um, uh, Mel Gibson and uh, Braveheart. Oh, yeah. Mel Gibson pulled it off, and then maybe all this younger generation finally caught up to Braveheart and thought, hey, I'll try it. And it just came across as something they didn't intend. Mm -hmm. Actually, the man bun was in my local news about a year ago. Really? What for? A guy who worked at a garage, this young guy, had a man bun. Mm -hmm. And uh, this older guy, this old war vet, looked at that and thought that that was just like the sissiest thing he had ever seen in his life. Literally took a pair of scissors, grabbed his man butt and cut it. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Well, they arrested the older war veteran for assault. 
he attacked that kid's man ball. And that's, you talk about that's talk about some sensitive people. Kim being overly sensitive to like somebody's hairstyle for starters. This man has seen war. What does he care about hair? You know. And then this other kid, like you assaulted my hair. Like, dude, you don't know what assault is. <laughs> you know. Anyway, um, but I thought that was interesting, and maybe that's one of the reasons they brought up the toxic masculinity and share it with everybody else, because Mel Gibson was the epitome of the man bun, and they don't want him to have it. Kobe. Deep thinking. It is pretty sissy, though. I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what? I had some questionable hairstyles in the 80s when I was a kid. You know. Hey, we're going to talk about some crazy Christmas stuff. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I did, too. I had the poof. You know, the bang poof. Yeah. It With the perm. Yep, I had that. My spiral sister. perm. Has to be the spiral one. Yes. Really like- I, <laughs> I, I have two older sisters in the house. Anytime there was a perm that was done in that house, you knew oh, it for three days because you smelled it. And of course, the flies were stuck to the wall from all the hairspray and all that. <laughs> crazy stuff. So on uh, on this episode, we were going to talk a little bit about Christmas stories or right? Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. You had some crazy Christmas songs. Let's talk about some lyrics and what some of these famous Christmas songs actually mean. Sure. So there's one song. I wish that we could play a little bit of the song, but I understand, you know, with... Um, with playing music, like streaming services doesn't like that. But this song is called The Christmas Shoes. Have you ever heard of that one? No. Okay. So The Christmas Shoes, it, it ha- it's a little twangy. It's a little country kind of. But it's talking about <laughs> mom who really wants a pair of shoes for Christmas. And the line here is, this kid is out on Christmas Eve buying shoes for his mother who's going to pass on Christmas. That's literally the lyrical line. Yeah, I remember that song now. That was sad. He counted pennies for what seems like years, and the cashier, cashier said, son, there's not enough here. He searched his pockets frantically. Then he turned and he looked at me. He said, mama made Christmas good at our house, though most years she just did without. Tell me, sir, what am I going to do? Somehow I've got to buy her Christmas shoes. So it's telling, it's talking about a dying mother and this son out desperately looking for Christmas shoes. Weird. Yeah, that is, that, that's so sad. You got to put fresh shoes on mom before she passes. I mean, that's, that's a Christmas song. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, can, I can see it being a comfort song. No, it's a Christmas song. When you play it, I mean, it's, it's traditional Christmas jingle. It's like you wouldn't play it and go, Oh, this is gonna be a sad one. No, it's it's like, ho ho ho. He, he, I mean, it, it's a Christmas song. You know, I can't wait to see where country music goes now that we're getting all these self-driving vehicles. I know at some point some guy's truck is gonna leave him with his dog, and I'm gonna hear that song. I totally can't wait. It's it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. <laughs> the so, car uh, ran over the dog while we were sleeping, kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grandma got run over by my GMC. <laughs> While we're not picking up beer for me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now here's the, what's the one that's most famous? Baby, it's cold outside, and all the squares <laughs> try to cancel that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are some of those lyrics? What were they uh, so? Uh, 
So baby, it's cold outside. The one lyric that everybody seems to have a problem with right now, which I think this whole cancel culture is about to be turned around. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got Kim Kardashian out there and she's, she's making some waves talking about how cancel culture is stupid and it needs to go away. And it's like, all right. So even though Kim Kardashian's not in my world, she's in the young people's world. And I'm like, okay, good. Finally, we get some words out there about how cancel culture is just stupid. But I think this falls within that because maybe it's cold outside is not going anywhere. And the line that everybody seems to have a problem with is say what's in this drink. And you know, it's, it's a man who's obviously has his girlfriend over or he's on a date or something. And it's cold outside, so he's trying to convince her to spend the night with him. It's, you know, a very sexy song. And it implies maybe she's being drugged because, you know, she's like, yeah, sure, I'll have another drink with you. That's fine. Hey, wait a minute, what's in this drink? And he's like, oh, baby, it's fine. It's fine. Just keep drinking. It's <laughs> and they want to cancel it. Yeah, we can turn on the radio and hear Cardi B's WAP. Uh okay. All right, yeah. You're not canceling Christmas. These people are insane. Um, so what there's some yeah, how many songs did you have? How many uh what other ones do you have? That's all right. So the other like ones that I have, um this one is Blue Christmas, and then I have Let It Snow, and you have Baby, It's Cold Outside. And the one thing I noticed was just how sexy they are. So we just talked about Baby It's Cold Outside. So Blue Christmas, um, I'll have a blue Christmas without you. I'll be so blue thinking about you. And we all know Blue Christmas because it was Elvis that sung Blue Christmas that I think is most popular. Yeah. And that is super, super sexy. What do you think about that one? Oh, I love Blue Christmas. And Elvis can sing anything and make it sound great. As a matter of okay. fact, Elvis was one of the most... Man, that guy tore ass across this country in pure rock and roll fashion. Had a great time, drank everything, took every drug, bloated himself up to the size of, well, me. And next Christmas, next Halloween, I'm wearing the one piece. You wait and see. <laughs> okay. Um, the fat Elvis years. I'm bringing it back. And, uh, you know, but yet that guy could sing gospel, I swear, like nobody's business. Some of the most beautiful things that man ever sang was gospel. Mm -hmm. I'll admit I have a couple of Elvis gospel. Truly, Good truly. Stuff. So the other sexy one, which I don't think, see, I think some of these songs have been, they've been records that were spun when we were kids or CDs or, you know, streaming, whatever you listen to. So you listen to these songs when you're a kid and you kind of become desensitized so that you're just, you know, you don't really know what the words are saying. You just, you know, that melody and it's like, oh, that's Christmas time. Let it snow is super, super sexy. And here again, this is kind of similar to baby. It's cold outside. It's a couple and they're obviously, they don't live together. And so the lyrics go, um, as we all know, Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And as you go into the song, they're talking about the fire and the corn for popping and let it snow, let it snow. Uh, when we finally say good night, I'll hate to go out into the storm, but if you really hold me tight all the way home, I'll be warm, which is kind of selfish. I got a problem with this chick in this song. 
that's kind of selfish because she's like, oh, well, if you hold me during the sleigh ride, I won't be so cold. But she's not thinking about him going back home. Like if I was his mama, I would be like, mm, okay, I'm not too happy with that. So <laughs> then the fire's slowly dying. And my dear, we're still goodbying. But as long as you love me so, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. So it these songs are very like Valentine's kind of songs. And I find it interesting. Blue Christmas has the word Christmas in it. Let it snow doesn't. And it's kind of interesting to me that they fell into the Christmas genre rather than having a Valentine's Day genre. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, it could be. But I, I love the song. I love all these Christmas songs. The only one I don't like is the Mariah Carey uh, that they play all the time. Only because they beat it into your head so relentlessly. You know, the record I loved as a kid. And then I tried to reproduce this with all the records that my mom had, even like. Um, uh Inglacius and I mean she had oh, all yeah. was to turn it on the wrong speed to sound like the chipmunks. I love <laughs> Chipmunks Christmas album. And that came out, I want to say it was 1987. And I loved it. My brother had it. So I used to sneak into his room when he was like out working or whatever. He's 10 years older than me. So I was little and he was out working. And um, I would listen to it all the time. Now the chipmunks drive me crazy. Like I will literally, if the kids have to watch the chipmunk movie, I will literally be like, I got to go grocery shopping. I have to go do my worst errand that, that I don't like. I'll rather go do that. After so, all that. <laughs> that's, that's uh, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. But I do have another song on here. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Okay. okay. We wish you a Merry Christmas is not necessarily weird but I'm American or raised American. Figgy pudding. What the heck is figgy pudding? I, I have no idea. I looked it up. Do you want to know what figgy pudding is? Absolutely. Okay. So it is authentic Christmas dessert, especially in, in uh, the Celtic world. So may that be Britain, Scotland, Ireland, that whole world. That's where they always have figgy pudding. So I'm thinking figgy pudding. It's going to have figs in it. It has no figs. It's raisins, three different types of raisins, candied orange, candied lemon, walnuts, brandy, breadcrumbs, flour, baking powder, salt, mixed spices, ground cinnamon, beef suet, um, dark brown sugar, eggs, apple, molasses, and then you do zest of lemon, zest of orange, and you serve it with a hard sauce. Now I know what a hard sauce is, and that's, that's delicious in my book. It's like a a dessert gravy, but it tastes like a vanilla custard. So it's a really nice vanilla sweet um, sauce that goes over British desserts, but there's no figs in this. The, the name makes no sense. I know, figgy pudding. Like calling Let It Snow a Christmas song. Who, who would have thought something? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I've got a Christmas, all right, question this, this pops up every year die hard is it a christmas movie no no that question drives me crazy now yeah 
and yeah, I see it every year, and I'm like, eh, you know, sometimes I guess I go either way. But if that's a Christmas movie, then so's Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Or not, or not, or not Beverly Hills Cop, but Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Get... Right, right, right. I, What's I, another I, random one that starts around Christmas? Um, Gremlins. Remember Gremlins in the 80s? Yeah. Speaking of 80s movie, how old were you in 1985? Okay, so I was born in 77. That's quick math. Quick math. Eight. All right. I was 10. I was, okay. uh, no, how old was I? I was born in 74. All right. All right. So, like, yeah, I would have been 11, right? So, you look younger than me. You look great for your age. Guys, listen, you can't see him, but he's a super stud. Well, I've got this. Everybody, like, I, I don't have a six pack, ladies. I have a keg. I've been working on that for like two decades. There but, you go. But no, actually, it's funny you say that because like every male in my family looks like so much younger than what they do. Like I'll be 70 and look like I'm like 45, probably. Like I have this very boyish face um, and I'll take it. So back in 85, you know what the top 10 movies were? I looked this up. Uh, back to the Future was number one. That was This is by like top grossing all year. Back to the okay. Future just blew it away, like by landslide. Beverly Hills Cop came in second. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the year probably belonged to Sly Stallone because he had Rambo 2 at third at 3, Rocky 4 coming in at number 4, but that came out late in the year. And that, that might be another Christmas movie. He fights he fights Ivan Drago in Russia at Christmas Day, right? Uh -huh. So, um, but that was like came out in December, but it like took a lot of like wind out of the sails for like early part of 86. Um, Cocoon came in at number 5. Do you remember that? I do. Did you like that movie? I never saw it. I was too little. Okay. Yeah. It's like, yeah, these these old people that go into these cocoons and they get younger and younger and younger. And, and I thought that was like the weirdest. It was like the like invasion of the body snatchers in reverse somehow. Um, Witness, that was Harrison Ford. I didn't see that either until years later. Didn't really care much for it. But how in the hell was that number six out of all the good movies in 85? I have no idea. Um. Goonies came in at number seven, and I thought Goonies would have been like much higher. Uh, Police Academy 2 came in at number eight. One of my all-time favorite movies came in at number nine. I actually had a name one of my cats after this movie, Fletch. Remember that with Chevy Chase? Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and then A View to a Kill. That was one of the uh, last, I think, Roger Moore movies with James Bond. Mm -hmm. Actually pretty good. Did you have any favorite 80s movies? That you like still to this day, like your kids have to watch when they get of age. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it before, but I think Spaceballs is hilarious. <laughs> I loved Big Business with Lily Tomlin and um, Bette Midler, I believe. So I was, I was kind of a young Bette Midler fan. I watched a lot of her movies, and she had a couple of years in the later '80s where she just cranked them out. She did Beaches and a whole bunch of other ones. Um, ghost is a good one uh what are some other ones you know then you have crocodile dundee you have pretty woman i believe pretty woman came out in the late 80s it wasn't yeah. early 90s was it 87 88 it was right around yeah. that time yeah, yeah. um and she actually, started going out roger rabbit roger rabbit who framed roger rabbit that was a good yeah, and I saw when Little Mermaid came out in the theaters. My kids think I am ancient because of that, but. <laughs> hey, that's why you have Disney Plus. Now you can go back and watch all those old classics. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to, uh, like, I went to see Beverly Hills Cop, and I was like 10 or 11 years old. And I saw that movie like five times. And I finally convinced my dad, you got to see this cop movie. And so he finally went, and then he was like, this is rated R. How did you get in to see this so many times? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm not telling, right? But um, anyway, all oh, he had to leave halfway through the movie, the F-bombs. I didn't think anything about it. You know, I guess even back then, I guess some comedy desensitized you to language. Like, you could not listen to Red Fox. You could not listen to Richard Pryor. No. Um, Eddie Murphy, like I mean, those guys were hilarious. And I remember Eddie Murphy, like early on from Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. Gumby, right? <laughs> you remember that? So yeah. And then, and then uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Roberts' Neighborhood, or whatever it was, where he did Mr. <laughs> Rogers. Um, but anyway, it was it was funny stuff. But no, like eighty, like the eight. I love the eighties. I actually we should do an entire show on the eighties sometime if you want to. Um, I actually looked up the top ten songs in 1985 uh-huh. uh careless whisper by wham came in oh, loved it. yeah actually wham had a big year that year that was the last year wham was together before mm-hmm. um uh with george michael went solo and then he did that album faith which is probably one of the best albums the entire decade um uh-huh. madonna yeah madonna came in at number two with like a virgin mm-hmm. uh wham came in at number three with wake me up before you go go uh-huh. And then uh, Foreigner with I Want to Know What Love Is. That was a great song. Uh, you remember Shaka Khan? Um, I feel Shaka Khan. I, I, I feel for you came in at number five. Uh, Out of Touch by Hall and Oates. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of my favorites, uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Remember uh, them? Great songs. Yeah, they had that song Shout that was that was so big for a while too. Uh, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madonna had another hit with Crazy for You, which I, I liked a whole lot better than Like a Virgin. Actually, mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite songs that she did uh, during that era. Mm-hmm. And then Take On Me by Aha, which I thought would have been much higher. On yeah, I loved how, it. How groundbreaking was that video at the time? Oh my gosh. It was huge. Videos used to like either be totally silly and fun, or they would tell a story. And now I watch videos and I don't know. But take, okay, so that video was the first one where it got more graphics. Like it was more post-production editing, right? Because now people would know it as a filter. Like you can go on Instagram or Facebook or whatever and take a video of yourself with a filter. But that wasn't done then. We were just emerging into good color recording like that's uh-huh. it <laughs> and people don't realize especially younger kids uh the internet didn't come along until 1990 and then most people weren't even using it because it was very just a very select few that had opportunity to use the internet and it wasn't until i got into college and like uh well probably 95 actually yeah, yeah. Uh, i was in college i set up a, an email i was actually yahoo.com i was one of the first people to set up an email on yahoo and I remember getting an email when I was in college. Hey, we're going to go public. And we would like, as one of our first users, we would like to offer you an opportunity to buy shares at $10 a share. I'm like, this internet stuff is never going anywhere. You know, all my buddies are just trying to spend 45 minutes downloading a pair of boobs. It's not going to last. Right. <laughs> so that was that it. That was so frustrating because I was, so same thing with me. I was in college and, 
95, you know, and so on and so forth. And so that's when I got a first, you know, my first computer. And it was a really interesting conversation because my parents were like, well, maybe we should just get her, um, what was it called? A data processor, a yes. word processor type word of machine. Processor. So yeah. it was basically like a souped up typewriter really, where you could save some files and come back to them and work on them. But you were basically typing in with the intention of printing it all out. And they wound up changing their mind. They got me a computer with a dial up connection, right? And the dial-up connection, for anybody listening that doesn't remember, my gosh, that was painstaking. It was, and it would make all these noises in the corner and then finally connect. So now you're listening and the, the connection's over and you're like, oh, great, I can get online. And it would just like digital, it was like a, a digital strip that would go across and these black strips until they would create the whole page. So you're watching this whole thing like... Um, like, you know, what is that? Those sand timers where you turn the sand upside down, yeah. the sand has to run all the way through. That's kind of how your page loaded. And do you remember having a Juno account for email? Yes. I had one of those. And a Juno, Excite, Lycos, like all of Alta Vista. Like <laughs> the I, if AOL, one of CDs they'd send you for free. Oh, and, and, and the language that you use, the use of language anytime somebody would call and kick you offline yeah and you're like right you're right at like the, it's like somebody standing in front of the you know the tv at the like most crucial part of a movie you're like son of a gun get out of the way but right, that was right. that was annoying if kids you, you want to uh-huh. You probably have people that don't understand. What do you mean they kick you off the internet when they called you? Well, because we were dialing up through the phone connection and nobody had cell phones. You actually got your telephone calls through your home phone. <laughs> yeah, and somebody would call and boom, you're offline. And you had to go through that whole process again. So kids, you want to you know what it's like? You want to know what that sound, that eerie sound of dialing up is? Everyone likes Tom Hanks. Just go watch You've Got Mail. <laughs> and... uh yeah, that's your that's your assignment for Christmas, everyone. You've got mm-hmm. mail. Um, now you had a you had another game, uh, something we were gonna. I do. Yeah. So touching back to the Christmas songs because it is the Christmas holiday here, and um, we're a week away. Can you believe that we're just a week and a, a few days away? That's insanity. But I have a Christmas song greatest hits quiz. And it's multiple choice. We can fill this out. I haven't read the questions yet. I promise pinky swear. And when I click, I'm done, we're going to get a score. So here are the questions. Number one, in 1953, the Christmas song was Eartha Kitt's biggest hit of her career. Was it Blue Christmas, Mr. Grinch, Santa Baby, or Here Comes Santa Claus? Eartha Kitt. I'm going to go Santa Baby. That's what I was going to say. All right, number two. In 1942, Bing Crosby and Ken Darby, singers along with John Scott Trotter's orchestra, sang his Irving Berlin song in the movie Holiday Inn. What is the name of this song? I'll be home for Christmas, Oh Christmas Tree, Let It Snow, or White Christmas? Hmm. Um... I've actually heard of that movie too. I'm thinking maybe I'll be home for Christmas. That's what I would think. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Number three. 
1946, Nat King Cole recorded a hit with a song about chestnuts roasting open the, over the open fire. What is the name of the song? Is it Little Drummer, All I Want for Christmas is You, The Christmas Song, or Silent Night? That's a tough one. Chestnuts roasting. Seems like I saw a sweater not long ago with that. <laughs> all I want for all I want for Christmas is you. No, that maybe the Christmas song. Maybe it's You're not good. Little Drummer Boy. It's not Silent Night. It's so it's either going to be All I Want for Christmas is You or the Christmas song. You pick which one. Uh, the Christmas song. Okay. I mean, that seems probably the most logical. Yeah. All right. In 1947, Gene Autry recorded a song in which he told listeners that hang your stockings and say your prayers because Santa Claus comes tonight. What is the name of this song? The first Noel. Here comes Santa Claus. Joy to the world. Or we wish you a Merry Christmas. I think that one's Here Comes Santa Claus. Yeah, that's an easy one. Number five, Jimmy Boyd was 12 years old in 1952 when he scored a hit with a song about something that happened under the mistletoe. I know this already. What is the name of this song? Last Christmas, Baby It's Cold Outside, Jolly Old St. Nicholas, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Yeah, that one's easy. Yeah, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, which is a weird song. Weird. All right, number six. Supposed to be into older guys. You must be. This, I mean, that's like the first ever cosplay, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I guess it would be. <laughs> All right, number six. This song was recorded by Vaughn Monroe in 1945 and opens with the line, Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've got no place to go... Yeah. What is the name of this song? Frosty Snowman, White Christmas, Let It Snow, or Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Yeah, I think that was pretty obvious too. Let It, let it Snow. Let It Snow. That's one of those sexy ones we were talking about. I Number know. Seven. In 1949, Gene Autry recorded a song about a famous reindeer. Oh my gosh, I know this one. What is the name of the song? Rudolph the Blue-Eyed Reindeer, Holly Jolly Christmas, Billy the Christmas Donkey or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Oh, they tried to get clever on that. They got sneaky. But I think we know it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Like, you and I would have to drink a whole lot to get that one wrong. Yeah, I don't have that much out. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have that out. But, uh... Number eight. So we have three more left. In 1953, Bing Crosby had a huge hit with a song that is originally called... Still Nacht, Heigl Nacht in German, which is the what is the name of the song? Feliz Navidad, Silent Night, Winter Wonderland, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Uh, Silent Night. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still Nacht. Silent Night, Heigl Nacht. <laughs> I don't know what that part is. I, I don't All know. Right. How, why do they bother singing Christmas songs in Germany? I don't know. No, 
they're frightening in German. In 1946, the Andrews sister and Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadian Orchestra released a song in which they asked listeners if they would like to spend Christmas in this special location. What is the name of the special place? Christmas Island, North Pole, Hawaii, or New York? I don't know. It would be North Pole. I, w- I would go for Hawaii. <laughs> That's just me. Yeah, but there's that song that talks about the Christmas Island. Um, I'm going to go with that one. I don't. I have no clue. This is 1946. Hmm. All right. You're saying the North Pole? Um, I, I'm just that's a guess. I have no idea. Um, all right. Well, let's go with the North Pole. But there's a remember, there's like that weird maybe I but I don't think that was made in 1946. All right. Um, in 1948, this song was released by Spike Jones and the City Slickers. Jingle Bells, White Christmas, All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth, Grandma's Got Run, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. What year was this? 1948. 1948, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer did not come out. That came out in the 90s. Was released by Spike Jones and the City Slickers. That sounded like maybe a little um, blues R&B, which is not going to be Jingle Bells or White Christmas. It's got to be All I Want for Christmas is my two front teeth, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember hearing that song when I was a kid. All right. That's oh. all 10 questions. Let's see. I'm done. Show me the answers. I so wanted to use Google to look these up and cheat, didn't you? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So we got two of them wrong. That's not too bad. No, we got an 80. We passed. Yeah, we got an 80. We passed. So it says question number two is supposed to be white Christmas. Question number two, 1942, Bing Crosby, Ken Darby singers, along with John Scott Trotter's orchestra sang this Irving Berlin song in the movie Holiday Inn. We said I'll be home for Christmas. It's actually white Christmas. And number nine was Christmas Island in 1946. Andrew's sister and Guy Lombardo and the Royal Caribbean Orchestra released a song in which they asked listeners if they would like to spend Christmas in a special location. It was actually Christmas Island. You could have told me to shut up and went with your gut, you know. I, I that, just, was, that was tough. I didn't. I had no clue. I, I had not even heard of that. Yeah, that was an interesting little quiz. I just found that online. There's all kinds of fun things you can do when you have family coming over instead of just sitting there staring at the Christmas tree, which is already decorated. You can only drink so many cups of coffee before you got to do something. That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Hey, I appreciate you coming on and doing a Christmas show. And maybe at some point we have some time, we'll we'll do like a a full-on 80s show. Actually, it's been requested by about four or five people already that like the 80s stuff when I talked about it. Um, I did a show on like hair metal bands, top 30 hair metal bands of the 80s. And uh, yeah, so we've had a few requests to do an 80s, all 80s show. That would be fun. Yeah, uh, there's all kinds of trivia online. I'm going to get away from that uh, Trivial Pursuit 80s trivia. That was a monster. Like that's (laughs) like really hard stuff. Um, I'm not old enough to know everything that happened during class stuff. 
It's not. That's what I was about to say. You know, 90s, that late 80s and 90s is is definitely my sweet spot. So for movies and entertainment and music and all that kind of stuff, I wonder if any of your viewers would ever want to listen to a 90s trivia stuff too. Let's do it. Yeah, well, we're, we're Gen Xers. So um, yeah, let's, let's uh, calling all Gen Xers out there. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> let's do an 80s, 90s. Because yeah, I was in college here in the 90s, had a great time. Everybody in Radford and Wise knew I had a great time. I don't even know who these people are, but they knew I had a great time. So, so we'll relive it, and I'll not – and actually, we'll have a drink while we're doing it. I'll go back and get some of the swill I drank during college. And then, <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do that. Yeah, what a great idea. I can do that, too. I was a um, Jack on the Rocks girl. So I was a, I was a butt ice guy. I don't Me? think they make that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, but, uh, but like when I like got into, I don't know, certain friends, like I started this one guy who was an older student. Actually, he's a lawyer around here now. Uh, he went back to get his degree and go to law school. Well, he was a business owner anyway, a politician at this local town around here. And he's like, man, you're this Bud Ice. It's like, you have a, you have a shrine built to Bud Ice in your apartment. He's like, you ever drink anything a little bit better? I'm like, what are you talking about? And that's when uh, I discovered uh, uh, Stoli's and orange juice, you know, my screwdrivers and my fuzzy navels. Yeah, I discovered and that I, kind of stuff too. I realized it was a little bit too sweet. You know, I think introductorily all girls that go to college start with that whiskey sour stuff. And I tried a couple of those and I'm like, it's, it's a little too sweet for my taste. I remember, and you're going to remember this. It was really, really big in the nineties. I was at a party and somebody asked me, you know, would you like a drink? What would you like? And I'm like, well, I really like, you know, Jack on the rocks. Like that's my drink. And they're like, ah, that's going to put hair on your chest. My dad drinks that here, take this. And it was a Zima. Do you remember those? Yeah. <laughs> You have the same face. If you could see our faces, uh, we all have pucker faces over that. <laughs> you know, I like back then you could make fun of your, your guy friends for drinking Zima, you know, like question their manhood. Today, everybody gets all riled up. It was so funny back then. It's like, what are you, you going to sissy fight after you drink that thing? Who you going to pick a fight with? <laughs> the, oh, the lady the, but yeah, Zima was terrible. Terrible. It was terrible. And I know I drank a cup. I got so sick. I drank a couple of those. And then I was wandering around and I'm like, oh, thank God. Somebody has a Heineken. Like at least there's something. So then I switched from Zima to Heineken. And I was way too young to realize that once you start with something, you stick with it. You don't switch it up. Yeah. I got so sick. Cause Zima just tasted like, like nothing. It was like a, what, like a citrusy water kind of taste. Yeah. But at the same time, like, how do you screw up citrus water? But they did, like, they figured how to screw that up because it really didn't taste all that great. Yeah. So kids today, when you're going to college, just remember this little phrase, beer and liquor, never sicker. Um, and I would caution you moderation. Like, don't don't live my life. <laughs> like, don't, don't repeat my college years. I was fortunate, you know. But, you know, if you don't do it in moderation, kids, you're going to wake up with three divorces and a disease you can't pronounce. So just, you know, as a matter of fact, I wrote a really interesting piece. I'll read this uh, on a future show. Uh, top 10 rules for college students <gasps> by your Uncle Cyrus. Like, I've been there. I lived that. I'm going to give you 
like I'm not encouraging kids to drink, but I'm not dumb. I know they're going to do stupid stuff. So I have like taught the Ten Commandments of College Life. So I wrote that. I'll uh, I'll bust that out of the. I'll dust that off and bring it out. You know what? It's a little bit more of a serious point, but I have to tell you, uh, we were talking to our college student last night about a couple of things and um, about cars and finances and budgeting and things like that. And do you remember, especially, I mean, really not too long ago, they kind of got rid of these, but they exploded in the 90s. All the credit card booths that they would have all over, like you couldn't go anywhere on campus without passing some sales guy who worked for Visa, MasterCard, whatever, trying to give you a credit card. That's got to be on your list. Like I said, it's a little bit of a serious note, but like, don't do the credit card in college. Man, it took me eight years to pay off beer and pizza. Like, don't do that. Don't, don't be like, I don't mind telling people the F ups I did because I don't want them to repeat them. Like, I, I'll give you my every dumb move. <laughs> and you'll be like, do I really want to invest with that guy? Like, yeah, because I do the stupid stuff I know I shouldn't do. Um, at way too young of an age. But um, yeah, anyway, yeah, it's been a fun show, Elizabeth. I appreciate you coming back. And uh, I don't forget, everybody, go check her out on YouTube and on Facebook and on Instagram. New shows coming in January. And you said you have some uh, stuff coming up at the end of the month, too, you said? I do. I do. We have some shows coming up at the end of the month. So just do, you know, a quick Google search now that we're syndicated and we have massive distribution. It's really nice because we come up first in all the Google searches. So either type in Elizabeth Cooper or the caffeinated Cooper show, and it's going to pop right up there. And on Facebook and YouTube is the best way to be able to follow the show to catch them live. I, I would prefer if I am a fan of the show, but if I was a fan of the show and got to just watch me live, I'd want to catch it live because you can ask your own questions. I pull you into the broadcast so you're seen and it's just kind of a cool interactive way that yeah. the show produced. And then you can always, you know, watch it on your smart TV afterwards and, and just binge watch the show if you want to. And they'll be able to binge it soon enough. Right. So yeah, it's out there. We're on uh, Amazon fire TV. We're on Amazon prime video um, we're on Hero Go, we're on the Binge Networks, and then a hundred other. So from the smallest little streaming services to some of the bigger ones. And it's exciting times to be able to be searched and you know literally binge it. We have 86 shows that are uploaded. So uh, there's a couple of shows where maybe they had technical errors, this and the other, because you know I, I just celebrated the 100th show. And some of the older shows um, there's a few that just didn't make it over digitally because I really caught it right at the very, very beginning when people were doing digital, bro- um, yeah, broadcasts and podcasts and that whole split screen stuff was brand new technology. Yeah. Yeah. So super cool, but you're, you know, digital is digital live is live. You're going to have a couple of shows that just can't get uploaded because you had audio problems, you had video problems and and uh, that's a great reason for doing a reunion show. And I actually have a few people like that where maybe mm-hmm. we had connection issues. Uh, we couldn't do the show that evening, this, that, and the other. And so they're going to be coming on. So it's a great moment to catch a show. I have a comedian. He's out of the Midwest, but he's, he's big. He's in touring circuits. His name is Paul Spock. And he will be coming on to the show on the 29th, I believe. 
So yeah, you know, follow, like, subscribe, share, and do the same thing for the Gonzo Chronicles. Heck yeah. So do what all the cool kids are doing. Go find Elizabeth and make sure you hit share and follow. Share with all your pals. Hey, Elizabeth, thanks again for coming on. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody.